Hi, welcome to Youth Diversions Podcast, part two of a two-part series on bullying. I'm Joanna Conrad, and with me today is Steve Belair, Safe Schools Principal with the Windsor-Essex Catholic District School Board. Hi, Steve. Morning, Joanna. How are you today? Wonderful. Thanks for having me today. Thanks for coming back. Last time we talked about bullying and we were looking at how the school has a role in that behavior. And today I want us to talk about the school and obviously how that interplays because the school is a huge component of it, but also looking at parents and parent involvement, not only with the school, but also parent involvement with their children when it comes to bullying behavior, recognizing the signs of that behavior, and also potential strategies that they can implement to help their kids deal with this kind of thing. Well, I think first thing that the parent has to recognize is what type of bullying is occurring. Is their child coming home and saying there's some bullying that's occurring at the school? Is this a cyberbullying issue? You want to kind of distinguish what that bullying type is. And then it's really important once the information is gathered from the parent that they relay that information back to the school so the school can be a partner and help address it. Even if the bullying is not occurring on school property, it can still be addressed through the school if it affects what they call the moral tone of the school. So if it's impacting the learning, if students are talking about it, if it's creating a, a, an unsafe uh, environment for students, then um, it can also be addressed at school. And I think it's really important that you mention that because I think for the most part, most parents think that if it's not happening at school, inside the school, that they can't address that issue with a school administrator or a teacher. But absolutely, they can. Right. The ministry put that in a few years ago, uh, the moral tone of the school and that bullying specifically is one um, aspect that can be addressed at the school, even if it, it occurs off-site. So can you tell me what a parent could do, for example, if perhaps their child is being bullied, but the student is from a different school? Well, my suggestion would be to go to their child's school, and because then that principal, that administration can be in touch with the other school and reach out, and whatever documentation, whatever information that the parent has can be transferred over to that other school, and then it can be uh, addressed through that avenue as well. So what are some things that parents should keep their eyes out for when it comes to bullying behavior? And it's more so than just the physical or you know the verbal when, we were, when we're talking about bullying, um, because obviously if you're seeing that happen, you can intervene as an adult. However, when it comes to your own child, what, what should parents know to look out for when it comes to their children and how they're behaving and, and things that should be potentially problematic or at least concerning anyway. Well, there's no better person to um, determine whether or not there's a change in behavior in a child than their parent. So if a parent is recognizing that their child seems to be withdrawing, isolating themselves, uh, they seem to be depressed, uh, then those are signs that something is going on and it would be important to intervene. Um, whether it's bullying, it's not bullying, whatever the case is, if there's a change in that behavior, there's a concern, a red flag, then that's where that conversation, that communication with the child needs to happen. Absolutely. And I know, I mean, I'm a mother myself. I have three children, one who happens to be in elementary school. And I know that 
oftentimes I'm quite uh, cognizant of his behavior and, and what he's doing and how he's behaving. And, and of course, I think to myself, well, what's going on? And he's not always the most talkative of kids in terms of what's going on at school. He doesn't necessarily want to share everything. And, and that's not uncommon for kids, right? And so I know myself and his teacher have established a pretty good relationship in the sense that I do contact the teacher to say, is anything going on that I should be aware of? What's going on? Uh, you know, maybe with him and his peers, you know, perhaps he's talking about something or maybe he's acting a little bit different. You know, can you elaborate a little bit? Yeah, no, that's a great point. I think it's really important to have that communication with the home and the school. So because oftentimes it could go in the opposite direction where the teacher's noticing that there's a difference that maybe um, outside at recess or if it's high school in the cafeteria, if somebody, uh, a counselor, somebody who's connected to that student sees that they are isolating themselves. They're not with the same peer group. Um, and they have a concern that there's a comfort level just to reach out, make that phone call and say, I'm noticing this at school. Are you noticing it at home? Or I'm noticing this at home. Are you noticing any changes at school? And that's where the adults come together to help create that safe environment and be that partnership and that support for that child. And I think it's also important for children to know that those conversations are being had because it makes them feel supported, but they also know that everyone's on the same page. It's oftentimes too with kids who uh, might want to play their parents, right? Uh, where mom doesn't know or dad doesn't know. And, and so it's like, oh, that well, doesn't my- occur, does it really? Oh, never, <laughs> never, at least not in my household, no. Well, you know what, they are gonna, children will try and manipulate, we know that. So they will, Uh, play one parent against another they'll play home against school and that's part of the learning process part of the uh, growth and that's where all the adults need to hold firm and understand what the expectation is and what education needs to occur so that we can all work together to ensure that uh, we're setting those boundaries and we're creating creating those safe and accepting and inclusive environments in all aspects, home, school, and in our communities. Right, and, and it really goes down to the fact that kids need to know that the parents are there and the teachers are there and adults are there to support them, to help them. We're working together to make sure that we're all in the up and up, that we know how you're feeling, that you're supported, and ultimately that you're feeling comf- comfortable and confident both at home and at school. And it's important that the child, the students know that the adults are the ones that set the rules, that uh, set the climate for them in the school, in home. Under no circumstances should a 12, 13, 14-year-old be dictating who's going to have access to their electronics, when they're able to be on their electronics, uh, what happens when they get together with their friends. Um, It's the adult. It's the um, educator at the school Those are the people that set the rules and it's important that the children understand that in all walks of life, when we get into our work environment, we have bosses, we all have to follow and adhere to a set of rules, whether we agree, we disagree, uh, it's important, they're out there, those rules are there to ensure the safety of everybody, so everybody needs to adhere to those and also not only just the rule but the background behind why we have the rule. and why it's important to create those safe environments. And we need those rules to create those environments. So getting them to understand that and they will push back, they will get upset and that's okay. That's what they're supposed to do. But we have to go back to where the adults are making the decisions and it's okay that maybe they're upset with us, Mm -hmm. that we're not their friend 
right. se, Quote that unquote. we are their their dad, their mom, and we set the boundaries and the rules in the house. Absolutely. So we talked about some signs about for parents to be mindful of when it comes to their child potentially being bullied. And of course, the parent is always going to be the best, um, you know, best judge of character in terms of, you know, if there's any changes with their child, whether it's, um, you know, any change to their sleeping or their eating or, or their actual physical health. But parents should also be aware of what's going on if their child is perhaps the actual bully themselves and some potential signs. And, and I know at Youth Diversion, some things that we tell parents to be mindful of or to look out for is if all of a sudden their child uh, is overly aggressive or much more aggressive than they have been in the past. Parents just need to keep an eye out for and we always say as a parent you're going to notice a change in your kid right so it's up to you to ask those questions to be mindful of what's going on uh, and to not hesitate asking and, and, and being inquisitive because ultimately you are trying to figure out the best thing for your child's safety right and others. And if you're if your child is doing some of those bullying activities it's part of the learning process so they are there's evidence that shows that bullies are at risk for substance abuse delinquency sexual harassment dating aggression and even criminality in adulthood they are at risk for that it's not obviously not a guarantee but by allowing that behavior to continue Mm -hmm. then it puts them more and more at risk So I would say some of the suggestions, if your child is engaging in some of that bullying activity, talk to their child about cyberbullying. Let your child know that you're aware that this is happening and that you don't like it, that Mm -hmm. this is not something that you want them engaging in, that you yourself would be engaging in. Try to get them for them to understand empathy for the other... The other child, the other student. How would you feel if you were the one that was receiving these types of messages um, and you were the victim It's important, again, that the the parent sits down, has that conversation, explains the seriousness of the situation, and then how they can work together to uh, eliminate this type of behavior occurring as it moves forward. For sure. And not to make light of the situation at all, but... Oftentimes, kids don't necessarily want to hear all of these things uh, when it comes to, you know, the psychological effects on an individual of them, you know, making them feel uh, bad. Um, You know, they might not want to hear about all of these things. And one thing that does seem to resonate with kids is oftentimes their social reputation. And at Youth Diversion, one thing that we oftentimes stress to, whether it's kids or even parents, is, well, how are other people going to perceive you if you are known as a bully? That seems to resonate with kids when it comes to their social reputation, right? What, what we find too is that oftentimes the the student who may be doing the bullying is not at the top of the social ladder. They are not the most popular. They are, you know, um, so there are um, aspects to being the bully, negative aspects to it where they will, there are consequences, so there are consequences of being the victim, but there are consequences for those students doing the bullying as well. And in my experience, I've never come across somebody engaging in that activity who doesn't understand that it's wrong, mm-hmm. who doesn't understand that they shouldn't do it, mm-hmm. but they continue to do it for whatever reason. And that's where we want to try to get to the root of the problem, get them to understand um, why they shouldn't be engaging in it. And if they are, what the reasons are and how we can work to help them overcome those types of reasons as to why they're engaging in that activity. 
Okay, so how do we do that? How, how does the school do that? How do we as a community do that when it comes to providing support to kids who have been either bullied or cyber bullied? What, what can the school do? Well, there's, there's different types. It's, we use like a tiered approach. So we will start with um, programs that will target uh, specific grades of students. So every student that goes through that particular grade will be educated through the programs. Uh, I know with our board, we have the Friends for Life program. It's an anti-anxiety program. We teach kids how to deal with anxiety in a, in a positive way. Uh, and then also through in grade six, we have our VIP values, influences, and peers. And it's in partnership with our police, our local police agencies. So they will come in, an officer, deliver that program in conjunction with the teacher. So we try to get through and put these types of programs in to target all of our students moving through. That would be, if we're looking at a, a tiered approach, that would be the base of the pyramid. Mm -hmm. The next step would be if we're starting to see some specific issues. So this would be the response and support type of model here at the middle of the pyramid. So that's where we may um, access some of our supports within the school. We have our um, child and youth workers. We have some behavior specialists. We have our safe schools teams, our student mental health leads. So they will come in. We'll look at providing uh, programs, interventions. And then if through those two tiers, we're still seeing some more intensive um, behaviors, then we will look to connect with some of our community agencies. We'll look to connect with some of our partners, um, the RCC, our Maryvale. Uh, we'll reach out for some counseling services through uh, Youth Diversion, through New Beginnings. We try to engage the community um, and again, we've mentioned before that it is it, it takes a village. Mm -hmm. So we all come together. We try to put in the supports that we know that will educate, that will target, and hopefully intervene and uh, mitigate the uh, the activities, the bullying activities. And at Youth Diversion, I know, so we provide our program that's beyond bullying, that addresses the bully, the bullied, and also the bystander. But we also do presentations in the schools where we come out and speak to kids about bullying behavior. And ultimately, the message at the end of the day is, you know, be kind to one another, right? And we try to stress that we're all different. And oftentimes, I think, you know, some kids are picked on or or ostracized because may, they might be different uh, in some way, shape, or form. And we oftentimes stress that we're all different, right? Different is beautiful. If we were all the same, it'd be pretty boring out there. Um, you know, if we all ate the same and looked the same and just, and, and that's really a message that we try to send. But at the same time, we're trying to get kids to be aware of the fact that there are potential long-term consequences to their behavior, um, not only on themselves, but also the individual. And, and so it is very important for us to work together uh, when it comes to, to sending that message. And the point of this podcast for youth diversion really is to get parents involved too right so we do a lot of work with the kids but at the end of the day we know that kids are going to go home and the message that they're getting from home is extremely important as well and so that's what we're trying to do today right we want we want parents to have those conversations because those conversations are the most important absolutely <clears throat> so we really want to take a look at a system approach so if we're working with the entire student population and elementary school and secondary schools 
and the, the peer group understands what's acceptable behavior, what's not acceptable behavior, um, how to have those positive interactions with each other, um, how to access supports, promote those positive interactions, then that peer group is going to be crucial in sort of uh, policing and monitoring some of the activity that's going on. So that's one layer. Then we take a look at the school staff. We take a look at and it's all school staff. It's um, the support staff. It's the teachers. It's everybody setting a tone within the school of what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, and building those positive relationships. When when students know that they can connect with somebody, whether it's the teacher, whether it's an educational assistant, a custodian, the principal, if they have that connection to somebody, that's going to be powerful in helping to mitigate these circumstances. And what it does is it opens the lines of communication and it allows issues to be reported when they're small. When something is reported and it's small, it can be dealt with in a much more proactive and positive way. And it can get to the point where it can be dealt with and the students can be educated before we get to issue consequences and suspensions and so on and so forth. So um, we really want to... In, in, to engage the entire dynamic, and that includes the family as well. So that's why we often say that that partnership with home and school is is crucial. Uh, parents uh, are invited in oftentimes to the schools to be part of a variety of different activities. Oftentimes you'll see uh, parent council volunteers coming in for school lunches. They're welcomed. Um, it's an open community, school community. Everybody's invited in. Everybody is um encouraged to have those positive interactions. We support those in need and we welcome diversity and we're an inclusive environment. Those are all the positive school and climate um, activities that will support and help to mitigate those bullying activities because everybody has an understanding of how we should be treating each other. Absolutely. And and it's something that's really important, I think, and, and I know we hear it all the time, I hear it from parents all the time is, you know, I just don't know enough about whether, again, especially cyberbullying, I don't know enough about social media to be able to monitor or to, to tell my kids what to do or not to do. And, and to that, I say, there are a lot of opportunities and a lot of resources out there for you, whether it's online. And if you're not savvy with the internet yourself, by all means, please access one of these nights. I know that the school boards oftentimes put on internet safety nights for parents. And unfortunately, the parent turnout is not always very high. I get how busy we are. Trust me, I am one of those people. But if your school or your child's school does put on something like this, by all means, attend go to these things may utilize i mean they're free sessions they provide great tips about what to do what to look out for how to talk to your kids again providing those keys right to the internet to your children so before you let them online letting them know that there are rules around the internet there are things that you should do you shouldn't do this is how i can help you prepare for that and there's also a lot of resources that the ministry puts out all through the internet. There's uh, resources uh, online that parents can access even from home. Mm -hmm. So if you're not able to have to attend a particular night, there's an abundance of information on bullying that's out there. And uh, it just you just need to take that initiative. And the other, the other uh, tip would be to sit down with your child. And if they are on, let's say, Snapchat and you're not very familiar, sit down with them and go through it. And oftentimes... The child is excited to show the parent and to sort of teach their mm -hmm. parent that this is uh, this is how you do it. This is how you make a post. These are my friends. This is how. 
And it's a dialogue back and forth with right. the parents becoming more familiar and the child feels good about explaining how this it works. And then you're sort of learning together. And then even the parent could put that app on their phone, showing that they're engaged and they're interested in something where their child is. Absolutely. And something else that oftentimes comes up when it comes to conflict that takes place or bullying that happens between kids is a parent will want to intervene with the other child or that you might want to intervene with the other child's family and our suggestion when it comes to uh you know doing that at least with diversion we'll say go to the school first do not go to the family especially if you're not close friends to begin with um you know maybe it's just an acquaintance maybe you don't even know the individual but you know of them please don't go to their house like don't no it it, and oftentimes emotions are high at this point especially for the uh, parent of the victim let's say and uh, you just don't want to engage and escalate a situation whereas if it goes to the school it's an impartial body they can intervene they can provide supports they can work with the other family on their end that's the best avenue for a parent to take for sure and ultimately asking whether it's the teachers or the principals for help and even if you don't know what else to do by all means, just have that simple conversation of saying, listen, this is what's going on with my kid. What can you do to help me? Right? And, and when you do bring it to the school, uh, if, if that is the case, that there is some bullying occurring and there's some supports and interventions put in place, there'll be a plan that the school will come up with and the parent will be able to hear uh, what that plan is, what it looks like, um, how supports or interventions are going to be put in place. And then it's important that the, the parent trusts that this is what's going to happen. This is going to help mitigate the circumstances. And then I would suggest touching base a week from that time that initial plan is set into place and a follow-up conversation and how's it going? What do you notice? As a principal, um, I would always, if it was issues at recess, let's say, and it was something that I could monitor, I always would make sure that I would go out, um, monitor, sometimes have a conversation with the child to see how it's going and touch base just to kind of keep abreast of the situation myself. And then um, it always take that opportunity to to follow up with a conversation saying listen i haven't noticed anything seems things seem to see to be better at this point and ask the parent have you noticed anything or what are you seeing and if they are seeing the same as the school then we know that our plan is working and it's effective great thanks so much steve for coming out today and sharing your knowledge and expertise with us definitely much appreciated So what we can take away from today is ultimately that as difficult as it is for kids to be living in a digitally driven world, it's just as difficult to parent in this digitally driven world. And at the end of the day, I think it's most important for us to really ensure that we have those relationships with our kids, have that open line of communication, whether it's with our children with respect to social media, the way we treat others, or ultimately how to conduct ourselves when it comes to, you know, using the golden rule and, and treating others the way we'd like to be treated. So thanks for joining us today and have a great day.